ever wondered about the world of risk and compliance? If yes, then this is definitely for you. In this episode, we are very excited to be spending time with Vishnu, a compliance manager from Ghana, who has graciously agreed to share his journey into the world of compliance and anti-money laundering with us. I'm also very excited to have a special appearance by one of my co-hosts. So without taking any more time, let's get into it. Vishnu, um, compliance, that seems a bit of a scary word. Um, so what, what led you to compliance? Um, this, this is, this is an interesting one. So, um, well, growing up, uh, well, I, I, I never dreamt of actually venturing into compliance. What, what I had in mind, um, growing up was the fact that I wanted to be a lawyer and then I didn't even know what it meant to be a lawyer anyway, but, um, I just wanted to be a lawyer. I like the fact that, um, and my perception then was 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 the fact that they they go to defend people and the courts, so they set people who have been wrongly accused free because they argue for them. Um, I didn't know that there were also lawyers who argued for as as naive as I was, but I mean I I still wanted to be a lawyer anyway. Yeah, and that was as a result of the fact that so again growing up I had um and and. Where I I grew up, you I don't know if it's done in your side of the world, but um, usually after the end of the term, um, you are presented with a, with a report, and then okay. in there, um, it also contains your 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 attribute, some of your attributes or characteristics in class, right? Mm. And most of the time, what I kept getting was, he's a talkative, he's a talkative, he's a talkative. <laughs> And so I, I, I thought that that could actually be very beneficial if I decided to be a lawyer. Mm. I just didn't know how I was going to be a lawyer anyway, but yeah, all I knew was I wanted to be a lawyer. So fast forward, um, I did general arts in, in secondary school, maybe in your world, it will be senior high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my elective were geography, oh. um, elective maths and economics and then oh. literature okay literature even um yeah 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 literature hmm. literature and um right up to school uh, surprisingly my daddy wanted me to go and study business but at the time so i, I mean immediately after high school i wanted to go into the school of journalism okay Sure. But he actually thought and was convinced uh, beyond reasonable doubt that in Ghana, journalism does, definitely does not pay. So I'm better off studying business and then we can take it up from there. So um, I sort of listened to his advice. Um, I enrolled in Central University College um, in Ghana. Mm. I studied business administration and majored in accounting, right? And so after my first degree, um, I had to do my national service. And then Im- immediately after my national service, I needed to find myself um, a job. I mean, national I, service. because obviously I need to stay alive. Yes. So the the national service is, um, so for want of a better expression, sort of like a, a mandatory um, 
service to the nation, right? So you get posted to 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 wherever the government deems your services are needed for you to contribute your quota to um societal development. So you oh, can wow. even be posted to the classroom. If you are fortunate, you can land in a in a bank or a hospital, depending. Um, Unfortunately sure. for me, I landed in the hospital. Oh <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Usually for you do that for a year, right? Okay. And then after national service, you can begin to um, look for a job. So that is actually a mandatory requirement. Every pros prospective employer would um, warrant you to submit your national service certificate before granting you employment. So that is actually very interesting. So yeah, fast forward after national service, I I struggled a bit to to get a job, mm. and trust me, at that time. I had actually forgotten that I wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> you were just wanting whatever could come your way. Exactly, exactly. Because I needed to pay the bills and yeah. anything to, to pay the bill. I mean, so far as it's legal and... Um, <laughs> Nothing it's, dodgy. It's not immoral. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I attended a number of interviews. Okay. Um, and then I had one. Um, the role was a, was a marketing executive. And um, so at the interview, I think the panel wanted to find out whether um, I knew how to drive. Unfortunately, at the time, I didn't know how to drive. Okay. So I promised them that I was going to learn how to drive and be back in two weeks, which they agreed to. Hmm. So and they so, gave you that time to go and get yeah, your, they did. Your, your driving they license? Yeah, they okay. did. They did. And, and frankly speaking, I think that was a very generous thing, thing they um. did because... I am sure there were also a number of very qualified applicants. Yeah. So uh, just when I was about completing my driving lessons, I had another offer from then a savings and loans company. Okay. Um, and that offer was a compliance and money laundering reporting officer. I mean, so instantaneously, I mean, I, I, I got a bit enthused about the 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 nomenclature. I mean the the naming convention of of, of, the, of the positions of yeah. compliance and money laundering reporting officer. So I thought it was going to be interesting. Yeah. So fast forward, I actually settled on the compliance rule. So I decided to go for that one instead, as opposed to um the marketing job. Yes, of course. Okay. So, I think it yeah. spoke to you, especially from like the whole, it had a bit of a link to legal, but I guess the, the title, that sounded Exactly, exactly. <laughs> to a large extent, I, I actually think that also influenced my my decision mm. to, to solve complex. And trust me, I was, I was very clueless as to what the specific requirements were as far as yeah. um, the role was concerned. And um, mind you, it was in the... So it was around 2012, 2013. And then compliance was very, um, so it was in the nascent stages in, in Ghana. Mm. It, it wasn't a common rule. It was, it had been newly introduced by the regulator of the financial industry, okay. i.e. the Bank of Ghana. So um, then accountable institutions were expected to employ the services of um, compliance officers, right? Mm. So yeah, I I I started my new role being very optimistic. Unfortunately for me, 
um, there was no one I could learn from because it was it was totally new. It was a totally new role that he had created for me. Okay. So I had to um, do a lot of reading and research, trying to come up with um, what specifically the requirements were. Yeah. And then I noticed that to a large extent, there's a, there are lots of similarities between the expectations of a compliance officer and that of a legal officer. I think one of the very few additions or twists to the expectations will be the fact that um, for, for compliance officers, there's also a money laundering and terrorism financing risk that you, you are expected to mitigate, okay. right? And so I can say that my my love for, for compliance actually started developing from um, the numerous materials I read at the time. And the fact that it also gave me the opportunity to interact with all aspects of the business. Yes. Yeah. So again, my 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 um interest in talking most of the time <laughs> paid off. yeah exactly so so i i get to talk to most of the the people in in other departments and trust me that 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 job description or that rule never gets boring there's always something new that um would warrant or would need your attention so something you have not dealt with previously so okay. it was sort of challenging but but it paid off yeah sorry i just so, gonna i'm gonna pause you there so essentially you went into this role straight after your studies and it was a new role in the company so essentially you had to set the role up in a way because you like had to develop this this function um right so it's not like you had someone who handed over to you you were brought in straight out of fresh from your studies and your national service and you have to kind of start in something completely new and learn for yourself in terms of how to how to adjust also firstly in a working environment having not been in a working environment before but then also like this new concept i mean you know compliance money laundering all of that i mean that's very technical um yeah how did you how did you actually give yourself the, the push you know the courage to to settle into that well so i think the what actually motivated me the most at the time was the fact that i needed to pay my bills <laughs> <laughs> it is either you get a job done yeah or or or, or you pack your bag and leave right mm -hmm. but well fortunately for me i i was privileged enough to have carried out a number of internships in some companies even before my national service. So mind you, the okay. the national service gives you one year of work experience in addition to um, the internships that I had carried out earlier. So we can say that I had about, well, almost two years working experience, although it was not um, experience in the, um, in the very formal setting. So I wasn't given a contract of employment um that kind of thing right okay um in fact i must admit it was was very challenging uh, during the the early stages because one i needed to um understand the role myself and, and unfortunately for me the the role also required that i train 
the other stakeholders in the business on 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 what money laundering is and their obligations as far as the law is concerned. So, sure. okay, well, I I needed to understand it myself and then yeah. probably come up with, um a, a means of of training the other employees in, in the company. So it was it was pretty difficult in the early stages. Like I I said earlier, I did a lot a lot of reading, a lot of research, and unfortunately me unfortunately for me at the time. I also didn't have um, a lot of friends in the banking or financial industry who, who whom I could consult. Yeah. Right. So it was um, mainly doing researches on the internet, reviewing um, directives that the regulator had released, new acts, looking at the AML laws, regulations, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So over time, I sort of built the interest um, and I became very engrossed in in the work of compliance mm. and the fact that um it was sort of like um a second check for the business to to work within the ambit of of regulation yes. so you get to interact with every everybody in, in the business so right from um, the cleaner to the md so yeah it was it was interesting um yeah so I spent about two years in the savings and loans company, and then I moved to another savings and loans company, and then later to to a bank. Okay. Um, so yeah, in the bank, I was still in the compliance department, but I focused more on, on fraud. So compliance is a, a bit broad. You have certain entities actually com com combining the risk compliance and legal and and in one some aspects mm. fraud as well so okay. yeah in that in 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 the banking setup i i focused more on, on fraud fraud specifically in so fraud management in the e-channels e um section so like you have prepaid cards mobile money transaction okay. debit card credit cards etc yeah. etc et and then later on um, so there was another aspect of compliance that bordered on data protection. So it was, again, something that was beginning to um, develop in my side of the world, which is Ghana. Yeah. So I was fortunate to have been nominated by then my, my head of department to undertake a certification course with a data protection commission to, to be a certified um, data protection practitioner in Ghana. Oh, wow. Okay. So I did that. And um, fortunately for me, I had a change of role. So I was now the data protection officer for okay. the bank. Okay. So it uh, evolved. Your role kind of evolved. You, yeah, I did. I did. Mm -hmm. I did. The role actually has evolved a number of times, but it all still, I mean, the, the theme still sits on, on compliance. compliance. So yeah. I have privileged enough to have looked at various aspects of of compliance yeah so when you say compliance it's not just one final one sorry no, so when you say comp compliance you look so you look at everything so you look at internal compliance you look at external compliance and by external compliance you're looking at um, um acts regulations um expectations of the re regulator and other uh, regulatory bodies or in a technical uh, term you say competent uh, um, authorities right yeah so you have 
like you have the GRE, you have the Data Protection Commission, you have the Bank of Ghana, they are all competent authorities, yes. right? And these authorities um, would come up with uh, either directives or laws that as accountable institutions, we are expected to comply with, right? Mm -hmm. that, that deals with external compliance. And then again, you have internal compliance which looks at um, internal policies. Okay. Right? So you'd 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 ensure that as 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 an entity of 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 going concern, your business is is complying with internally documented policies. Yes. Okay. And again, to a large extent, that reduces any risk that would or is likely to crystallize. Yes. And again, that also confirms or ensures the going concern of the entity. So you look at compliance broadly in, in those two um, okay. angles, right? Mm. And then there's um, another aspect of compliance that borders on AML, which is anti-money laundering and countering the financing of terrorism. So AML, CFT. Mm. And then there's a P, which is the creation of the financing of weapons of mass destruction, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that to a large extent seeks to prevent um, an accountable institution as being used um, as a conduit to facilitate money laundering. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in other words, we are trying to mitigate the, the money laundering yes. risk. Yeah. So now let me go back to to my my last days at the bank before I finally <laughs> move into mm. um, what you call it, the, the, the fintech industry. So yeah, I, when I was appointed as a DPO, there were a number of, so mind you, the, the entity at the time that or had not implemented any or a data protection program, right? So in terms of data protection, um, for want of a better expression, I can say that we, we were not compliant and I'm using it carefully. So not compliant carefully, right? Yeah. So there, there was actually a lot of work to be done I had to come up with a roadmap, sort of like a program to get the entity to an appreciable mm. status as far as the protection compliance was, was concerned. Mm. So I actually came up with a five-year roadmap. And then I helped the, the entity to carry out its compliance assessment report. Now, mind you, that's a mandatory report that has to be submitted to the Data Protection Commission for review before the entity is um okayed by the commission oh wow okay. right and that are given um or have his um license so okay. data protection license renewed mm, okay so right. i mean so I, I did that it's quite a business critical thing i guess um yeah it is it is it is and um fortunately unfortunately in ghana any entity that wants to deal with you one would want to confirm that you have been certified by the Data Protection Commission because then it would involve... So most of these uh, business transactions involves uh, the use of personal information, right? So they need to be um, comfortable that you have the requisite processes or robust mechanisms to protect and maintain data privacy. Yeah, okay. Right, so yeah. And that's actually very key in, in my part of the world. So um, I think just about a year into the new role as a DPO, I, I just decided to take up a new challenge um, and, and, and see what the FinTech world also holds. So personally, I 
I always enjoy challenging myself. Um, yeah. And sometimes I, I get bored when I feel that my I have outlived my usefulness in a particular setting. So I just want to take up um, a different challenge and, and see how it goes. Okay. Wait, so, yeah, so I took up a... Sorry, I'm just going to pause you there as well. Um, so like, I guess, even though you were helping to implement big things, I guess a time came where you felt like, okay, you know, you're itching for something, something new. Or was it just a matter of, yes, you know, right. this industry caught your eye? It's, it's been quite, you know, fintech is very popular nowadays, or has become very popular. Um, what, what actually drove you to? So for, okay, so for, for data protection, right? I think the, the very early stages was, intriguing because they had a lot of things to implement okay yeah because on a scale of one to five the compliance level of the den entity was at the barest minimum so i brought it to about four and then left them with um with a five-year plan so i had actually instituted a lot of the controls right so it was from there going to be more like um, business as usual and then probably only in very exceptional cases would I be required to do extra things, right? And fortunately for them, and fortunately for me, when I was actually implementing the program, I had someone understanding me. So I was also oh, um, sort of someone. tutoring another person to take over my role. So when, um, I mean, I thought that I had given my all, and I mean, it was time for me to bow out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just decided to take out a new challenge and then again, give um, the other person the opportunity to rise. Because mind you, he was only an officer and I was um, so like a data protection officer, which is, um, so in terms of hierarchy, higher. So it's, it's of managerial grade, right? So, just for me to also give him an opportunity to experience what it feels like to be a manager. Oh, wow. I, I had to, to yeah. But right, I mean, did you not right. see growth for yourself there though? Um, was there, because I feel like that's something a lot of people struggle with, you know, like you, you spend some time in a certain role and you don't necessarily see growth for yourself in terms of moving to a new level. Um, or even if you do move to a new level, um, they could change the title, but the nature of your work still remains the same. So, I mean, for you, was it a matter of um, you might be stuck with doing the same thing um, all the time, which is becomes a bit like I get re repetitive? Um, or, or like, did you see more opportunity for you in terms of the DPO role? So personally, I think I had overstayed. Okay. I had outlived my usefulness in the entity, right? Mm -hmm. And that I mean to say um, that if I had stayed uh, beyond the time that I had left, I was only going to do things that I consider as business as usual, okay. right? Because a lot of the, the, the very challenging aspects of the work had been instituted. Okay. And then again, I had left a, a roadmap for anybody who wanted to take over to be able to implement what was left seamlessly okay. right so yeah so it's a, a bit of both um and 
unfortunately for a DPO, there's no career progression. So ideally, it's it's of um, it should be of senior management grade, or the DPO should have easy access to senior management. So it's something close to senior management grade. And when you get there, I mean, it has it, it pretty much borders on interest, right? And then the fact that whether you think there are other things for you to implement. If not, probably you want to go elsewhere, take up another challenge and see how best you can address uh, that challenge. And for me, uh, I think that's exactly what happened. So um, I had done a lot of the work. Um, I felt that there was nothing more for me to do further mm, in terms of uh, coming up with new things, right? And not business as usual. So I just decided to take a new challenge and that had to do with a challenge in, in the fintech industry. Now, mind you, the fintech industry is also um, beginning to gain popularity mm. again in, in part of the world. So I just decided to take up the challenge and see um, what the fintech, fintech industry has to offer. So yes, I did. And it's it's actually been very revealing because um, coming from the banking background where there's very um, little tolerance for, for risk as opposed to the fintech background that has a, a large appetite for, for risk. Risk, yeah. Right? Uh, I, I had to find, find the balance. Okay. So um, in the fintech industry, it's actually been very challenging. It's been revealing as well i have had to um learn new things of course yeah. and then um that is actually something very interesting for me because in my line of work if you don't continuously learn you'd you'd be outmoded or outdated and uh, for that matter you'll be irrelevant right yeah. so i mean you always have so to the keep fintech industry has been Sorry, exactly. you always have to keep up to date with some with rules, regulations. It's always changing. There's always updates. So yeah, you have to always keep yourself updated. Um, just to like you say, stay relevant and to be on top of things. Right. That's that's very accurate. And then I think one other thing that I loved about the the fintech industry is that for the entity that I work with, we we are actually operational in a number of countries right so you 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 are privileged to review um well a lot of regulations directives integrate a lot of um regulators as well and then you're able to sort of draw the similarities or identify the differences between legislation oh, and then even sometimes to an extent sort of um recommend what i mean but is a recommendation only to yourself and then um your entity but not to the regulator mm -hmm. uh, what the re regulators can do but in instances where we have uh, received draft exposures so draft exposures are usually the regulators way of um exposing laws that are yet to be passed so either directives or laws that are yet to be passed and that would affect accountable institutions to these institutions to review and see whether they have comments or whether they would want to make any additions to um, okay. these these uh, laws, directives, or whatever it may be. So yeah, um, 
in that aspect, yeah, we've contributed or sort of giving um, recommendations or proposals to regulators. And uh, yeah, it's okay. it's it's been great. It's been great. You know, the, the typical banking sector looks at it's not too much focused on on the less privileged. But for the fintech that I work with, I, I think there's much emphasis on the less privileged and they are uh, very interested in, in driving financial uh, inclusion. inclusion. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's a bit of a social impact so, yeah. as well. So it's, it's there's like exactly. the business side, but I think the driver of the business is the social impact that it's trying to make. Exactly, exactly. Personally, I've always held the view that whatever we do, um, we are expected to to impact, um, or it should have an impact on on the society that that we live in, right? So yeah, that's 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 also a, a very good thing for me. Mm. So I think that's nice because I think often you tend to like working in a lot of organizations. It's just deadlines work deadlines work work deadlines <laughs> um you sometimes don't get to see your, the impact that you're making in the world right so, so having been in different you know different companies you've i think there's a link a theme in terms of all the companies that you've been at it's all finance related a bit of maybe technology right. more recently fintech specifically but um how do you in each of your companies how have you dealt with like work life balance um, I find that something I've struggled with a lot as well. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who struggle with it as well, but how do you, I'm sure the pace in each of the companies you've been at is different, right? Um, how have you dealt right. with work-life balance? So this, this, this is really a very tough one. Um, okay. So the stress that comes with what I do is actually dependent on the type of entity that I work for. So obviously the stress that you go through in a savings and loans company is not the same stress that you may encounter in a bank. Mm. Right. Okay. And again, um, looking at a typical banking, um, bank setup, right. You may be in a very large department. So the, the workload is evenly distributed amongst your, your colleagues. Whereas um, in the fintech industry, um, you may not have um, a lot of of colleagues, right? And so yeah. I would warrant that you you do a lot of the work. But again, I I also think that um, to a large extent, uh, this is also depend dependent on how automated you are, right? Um, so if there's a lot of automation that definitely means there's a lot of human or manual interventions. But I must admit that in all the companies or entities that I've worked with, I've had to um, deal with stress or balance my work life um, in a way. Um, fortunately for me, I'm a Hindu, right? So I, I practice yoga. Okay. And I that is uh, a way for me to distress and find my equilibrium and be able to go back to work feeling re rejuvenated. Hmm. I am not saying that has been the only solve, um, but that has worked a couple of times. I've also had to uh, sort of come up with wild ideas on how to distress. I recently found out that I 
I'm able to quickly distress when I go to to the beach. Okay. So yeah, if I feel I am tired, if I feel I'm too stressed, I can go to the beach, change environment, um, and then relax. Eat something I've not eaten in a very long time, and then <laughs> I'm sure the next time I yeah, that's I, I should see. You. Oh, <laughs> that's that's interesting. It works, it works. Trust me. Bro. Although I mean, I don't have a beach so, yeah. where I'm staying. <laughs> you know, in Johannesburg, there's no beach. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I think I, I I envy you there. Um, yeah, I feel like food is my escape. It's a very bad escape. <laughs> but you should you should also make sure that you don't you don't put on a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's 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 worked for and and personally for me, I do not have. Um. So I wouldn't say I'm I'm an eight to five person, and I wouldn't say also that I prefer to work deep into the night. I think I do, or apply any of them when um, the situation or the circumstance warrants it, right? So there's been instances where I've had to work long hours because I've had to get things done within a certain time frame, and um, there are instances also that I've had to work just just eight to five. Personally, I believe in working smart right oh yeah uh, i'm saying what is that saying work smarter and work work smarter not harder and get exactly exactly <laughs> exactly so you work smart you get the work done and then you reserve a lot of 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 the energy okay no, that's, right that's interesting. as opposed to working hard where you would exert yourself too much and just get a fraction of the work done mm. so that has actually been my guiding principle. And then to a large extent has worked for me. Okay. Oh, that's that's interesting. Um, another question for you. I, I know we, we speak quite often outside of this and um, I know you're, you're always studying every time I ask you something. <laughs> I speak to you rather. You're, you're studying or you're preparing to write an exam. Um, yeah, what are you, just remind me, what are you studying again? Um, so Lele, you're making me, me feel as if I am Einstein. <laughs> well, I study because I have to. Um, again, in my part of the world, the people place a lot of emphasis on on qualifications, mm -hmm. right? Rather than what the person can, can do. Okay. And sometimes you would be um, excluded, or you not be given a role because of uh, lack of setting what what they consider um, the required qualifications. Mm. even though you can get the job done right so okay. it's um again very important for me to ensure that i met um what i'll call the qualification criteria right so um fast forward presently what i'm doing is an msc in business consulting and enterprise risk management okay but before that i so my my first degree actually was in business administration and then I majored in accounting. Mm. And then after my first degree and when I took up my new role and after I had done a lot of reading, I also decided to obtain a certification in AML compliance. Okay. So I obtained the, the very first certification um, which was issued by the Association of Certified Compliance Professionals in Africa, popularly known as ACPA. And then from there, 
um i get a i got a bit curious right because um i would only be considered as an accountant um if i obtain a professional qualification in accounting uh-huh. right so in ghana you can do a phd in accounting you would still not be considered as an accountant you need that professional qualification so i told my friends i was going to do that for just for the bragging rights and not because i actually wanted to practice accounting um but (laughs) i mean if there's the need for me to practice i i I would so i again enrolled into the institute of chartered accountants ghana where after three years i i got um, certified as a, a chartered accountant and then after that, I also took up a certification with a data protection commission. Um, and then I was duly certi- certified as uh, the data protection officer oh, wow. for my entity. And then after I'd moved to the, the fintech, I again, so, so personally, what I have tried to do is that maximum every five years, I should do something new in terms of academic qualification. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um. And I take another another qualification, which is um, CFCS, and that again is issued by the Association of Certified Financial Crime Specialists. And then crime after that, specialist. I sorry, did you say crime specialist? Yes. Yeah, so certified financial crime specialist. Okay. So that is um, an association that certifies um, individuals who are interested in the fight against financial crime. Oh my. Sure, Vishnu, you're putting me to shame you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that is amazing. That is, no, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually quite impressed as, as how you, you're always, you're always trying to upskill yourself. I, I think fortunately for me, anything I set my mind to, I'm able to get it done. I mean, that's important. So it's, it's not too difficult. Um, doing a number of things that are not directly related but i mean to a large extent they are all related but not um, interdependent very directly exactly yes yes i decided to finally take um, a master's program in in risk and business consulting and i'm sure in the near future i may i may venture into consulting okay i mean the whole concept is to assist people with with um remedies to their problems right yeah. and that is the that has been the very guiding principle in every work that i do i should be able to solve prob- problems of 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 people yeah. right so maybe ultimately somewhere in, in the future I, I would want to be a consultant you're thinking i mean so is your long-term plan to to move into being like a your own let's say business in terms of your own company providing consulting services or would you venture into one of the more established consulting firms like where do you see yourself um in terms of so at present i am currently setting up um so together with a couple of friends setting up a a consultancy firm oh wow (laughs) as as part of my um social responsibilities um there are a number of um contracts or tasks that we would do pro bono. So just free of charge, trying to help people with the problems that they are facing. And I mean, it's because I can help and it's because I'm in a position to help, right? So um, I would do that for some of the cases, but 
you would bear with me that again the bills would have to be paid so yeah. in some instances we would also do that that for for a fee yeah of course you're going to try and balance out the you know the social part of it but you obviously have to generate revenue right um especially if it's right, you guys you all need to have a source of income what led you to that what led you to wanting to you know maybe move out venture out rather on your own well I think I have always um, believed in impacting knowledge and not taking what I know to my grave, right? So, um, and I've always, also always had the edge to to help people or provide solutions to to problems of of people when I am able to or when I am in a position to. So, to a large extent, these are the things that actually influenced the my decision to 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 sort of set up a consultancy firm coupled with the the, the need for um le- not legal advice but advice on compliance areas and money laundering in in Ghana mm. right so i just decided to also um help people address these these problems so yeah to a large extent that is what what influenced my my decision to collaborate with my friends and and set up the the, the consultants okay so how i mean this might be a bit of a, a stretching question but how do you like how do you how are you mapping this out in terms of your time lapse like you know you, you're still currently working you're studying and you have this going on so how are you how are you splitting your time um obviously your your current 95 the, the job that's actually paying the bills yeah. <laughs> takes, <laughs> takes most of your yeah, time yeah. but um yeah how are you mapping this out it's i i i will admit it's 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 very difficult right mm-hmm. um so fortunately the 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 consultancy is, is still not fully operational okay so i am not um it's not taking too much of my time and i don't have a lot of tasks to 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 attend to mm-hmm. it is just um probably a friend needs clarity on an area or needs me to um do a documentation or draft a policy for him or, or something of the sort right so that is not taking too much of my time i think what what has been a bit difficult for me is balancing school with with the expectations of work okay yeah. and the, the fact that some of my my reports are time bound and they are not even for internal stakeholders but but to regulators right so you you have to get it done at all cost because um any breach might might come with the fine so yes i think finding the the balance between the two has been very difficult but fortunately i've always been successful at it <laughs> you're able to stay afloat right yeah okay i mean i think it's you know where you're going you know what you want to achieve so i think that's that's also a big driver right is is having your plan in mind in front of mind all the time (laughs) wow vishnu that is that is quite a lot hey i i'm still trying to process everything you've you've spoken about um spoken about today um but yeah it's it's impressive i think for me thank you Thank what you. I'm taking out from you is from your journey is you're you're always trying to stay relevant. You're always the own. You're always taking ownership 
it's in, like you know of your career of how you want it to pan out if you see something that might benefit you in terms of experience you, you go for it you're always studying you're always adding these qualifications to your name and you're also trying to establish your own thing as well so it's a lot of it's yeah it's it's impressive to see um no well done right, right. well done thank you thank you so much um, um mind you i i have still not fulfilled my my childhood dream i.e. becoming a lawyer, right? Yes. So that's, <laughs> How can you forget about that? <laughs> on, on the to-do list. I, I have not forgotten about it. I am just not motivated to see it through now because mm. I don't think it will pay bills. And also I think there's um, a lot at stake that needs my immediate attention. But probably somewhere in the future as part of my uh, self-actualization stage, I may take a degree in law or something. But yeah, it's, it's still on the... It's on the cards. On the, on the to-do list. Mm. And then another thing that always keeps me going and wanting to achieve more is the fact that I have told myself that in, in any institution or setting that I work in, if half of employees are going to be laid off for whatever reason, I'll make sure that I'm part of the half that stays, right? What it means mm. is that I always have to be doing more or slightly more than is expected right so I, I i am always wanting to give my employees a reason not to lose me yeah always putting in that 110 percent. i like that exactly. what you're saying <laughs> out of the half that gets retrenched you need to be part of the half that that stays that's exactly a, that's a nice one um exactly. and you can only really do that by standing out right um that's yeah. right you know actually but just on that are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? Like, I, I get from you, like, you're an extrovert. It sounds like you you like right. speaking, you like being out there. <laughs> Am I wrong? That's a very... That's, uh, truth is, I also don't know the answer. But I would, I mean, to on the side of question, I'd, I'd say I'm an introvert. Okay. That's interesting. I, I only start talking when I'm comfortable. And most of the time, I'm not. Mm. So I would, I would say I'm... I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. I enjoy staying indoors. So yeah, it, it works. But but technically, I, I think I'm both. I think yeah, I'm both. Half half. Yeah, an extrovert. <laughs> exactly. And I can be an introvert as well. But if I'm left with the option to choose, I definitely say I'm I'm a, I'm an introvert. Okay. You know, the reason why I'm asking is because like, you know, this whole thing of standing out in work, um, building connections, making, you know, being aligned with the right people. You always read about that, you know, positioning yourself. How do you, you know, as, as someone who who's an introvert, who doesn't like social settings, who doesn't like being, you know? I think the, the very first thing that should help someone stand out or, or, or let me say the, the, the very first advice I'd give somebody regarding what specifically to do in order to stand out would be the fact that the person should ensure that his output in terms of work stands out, mm-hmm. right? Because I am of the opinion that when you do a very good job, people will be like, or people would want to know who actually executed this this very task, right? And in doing so, although you may not be 
be good at public speaking or interacting with people or a lot of people um, gradually, I think that's a skill that can be learned, right? Yeah. But what can come to you naturally is executing um, what you are good at well. So your technical competence. For public speaking, it's it's something that you can learn. Okay, that's, that's But I think what would be the first thing to sell you would would, would be your work. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's fair enough. And there's other enough. things you can. Your work should be what stands out, and then everything else will fall into exactly. place after that. Because I think once you're comfortable in what you're doing, and once you own what you're doing, the confidence will come after that. Um, Rightly so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, like people always tell you to network, get out there, meet people, meet people who are doing similar things that you're doing, you know, build a, build a, build a network, like, you know, of, of like-minded people. But it's, it's not always easy. Um, but where, where you can let your work do the talking for you, why not? Um, exactly, exactly. It's, it's, it's not easy. And I admit, fortunately for us, the... Um, technology has actually aided us in that regard. And so technology has brought about um, LinkedIn, which is a, a a network of professionals, right? So even though you are not outspoken, um, you can find connections or build a network on, on LinkedIn, oh, right? And then maybe gradually you can work on that, that aspect of you. Because again, I admit that um, the two should go hand in hand, right? The more outspoken you are, again, the more you 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 are recognized. So that may not be your first, or that should not be your 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 first uh, point of call. But um, I think ideally, in the long run, you should also work work on 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 your your public. Hmm. Skills. So Vishnu, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, so, you know, like you're in your 30s. If you had to look back at your 20-something-year-old self entering the job market for the first time, um, what would you say to yourself? This, this is very interesting, right? Um, so the advice I give to my 21-year-old, 22-year-old self entering the, the job market Um well, it's something I, I call delayed gratification, right? Yeah. Uh, I I noticed that usually when you get your first job, the, the focus is on having fun with what you have. I mean, your, your, what, what you have suffered for, which is your salary, right? And... I think that when you get your very first job, it is just to set you up for greater things to come, right? Yeah. So whatever you are earning as salary should should be used wisely. Okay. And well, I don't think I did that in my first two years. I was so overwhelmed with what I was earning and I didn't think there would be a tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'm sure... A lot of the things that I am doing simultaneously now, I wouldn't be doing because I would have had them done long ago. So let's delay the fun, do what is um, important, what is of topmost priority, Yeah. get that done. And then you have 
the rest of your working life, including when you come on retirement to, to have the funds. So personally, I think that is the advice I'd, I'd, I'd give myself at mm -hmm. a very, so not, not an early age, but at age, age 22. Yeah. Mm. I got sort of carried away with, by my salary. So yeah. Delayed gratification. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'm guilty of that as well, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, because you're earning your own money. And it's like, yeah, exactly. I can buy this, I can buy that, you know. <laughs> Saving is something you'll think about next month. And then next month comes, okay, the next month. And then the next month, and then it never happens. And then you keep pushing it. And then you turn 40. And then next month, and then yes. 50. And then you're 50. And you what do I, what do I have? <laughs> no, that's, that's true. I think that's, um, it's not too late. Exactly. I think exactly. that's um, just important to, like, I remind myself as well is it's never too late to, to start again or to, to pick yourself up and start again. Um, but at least you know better. Right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Um, so, so I have a question here. So assuming I'm a fresh graduate from school, you know, when you're doing your first degree, often you're not so very conscious of what you want to do. You just do any course because you feel if you can do it and all. Assuming I call you a graduate from school and I want to be a an expert like you in the compliance field, in the risk field. I mean, I want to enter the fintech industry. What do I need to do? Or what do I have to look out for? What is it that you'd recommend or you'd tell me to do, do to be able to enter into the field and excel, not just enter into the field, but then to excel and become someone like you? What would you say? Okay. So I think oftentimes, right, we we focus on trying to be other people rather than identifying what our interests are. Mind you, um, someone may want to be me and not because he has an interest in, in the area of compliance or risk or whatever, but probably because of, um, let's say, the prestige that comes with it or the money that comes with it, right? And... If you do, well, I've learned this over time, that if you do something that you do not have interest in, you hardly excel. So if your interest is in music, make sure you do it to the best of your ability. And again, it is very important to see how to monetize it because again, the bills would have to be paid. But working on the assumption that you have an interest in compliance, risk, AML, then I'll just say that read more, read wide, read anything you can find on risk, read anything you can find on compliance. Tell yourself that if you go for an interview, you are going to wow on the panel. I mean, always look for ways that would differentiate you from other competitors. Mm. and just take one thing at a time right and success is only arrived at at a stage in life um you don't start and get successful immediately that is not how it works you would make mistakes and be ready to put yourself together get up 
and continue if you do make them. You make mistakes, you learn from your mistakes, continue to persevere, always have a goal in sight. So if I want to be a very good risk professional, what what would or what, what would make me a good risk professional? Is it the courses that I'll take? Is it the books that I'll read? Because I would not want to, or I cannot have, or I don't intend on becoming a very good risk professional and be in the studio with my friends trying to come up with a, a song or be playing football. So you have to, first of all, you have to get your priorities right, right? And again, that that is um, getting your priorities right to a large extent is based on your interest. So once you have the interest, you get your priorities right, then you start working towards the goal. Hmm. So you learn, you read. Is there any qualification um, that would make you uh, more competitive in the market you take that 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 qualification but the most important point is continue to read continue to learn because um these things are ever evolving so that's that's the advice i'd, I'd give to someone michael fantastic i like that i like that leila what do you say i like that i really like that yeah um, so for salavi we were, we were saying last week leila that we want to be celebrating the the, the trailblazers, and I see Vishnu as one of them. But there's this question that I want to push to him, yeah? I'll ask him. So, Vish, um, in what has been that failure that you think um, you've not been able to, or that has weighed you down in times past, and probably you would want to correct going forward? I ask this because, like we 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 planned, Leila, um, we want our listeners to also learn from all these trailblazers, the errors they made, so that if you are heading in that direction, you know how to go about it. Yeah. So that's why I'm asking this question. So what what is it? What is that particular thing that you felt or you feel you could have done better? Um, if 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 you knew you could foresee the future is there anything of the sort this is this is an interesting one it's actually got me thinking um so maybe one thing just one thing comes to mind so as as early as even in class one i don't know what that would mean in leila's world um so very early Let's say after kindergarten, and then I moved to class one. My oh, dad got me one. a French teacher. Mm. Yeah, grade one, sort of. My dad got me a French teacher. And I'm sure at the time, he wanted me to be very fluent in French. So I had a French teacher, so personal French tutor, from grade one to about grade, grade, grade six. Unfortunately for me, I didn't have the love for, for, for the subject. I didn't learn it try as he did i i just was not getting it and then again when i went to university fortunately for me i was able to do french in first and second year but the mindset at the time was just get it done get the grades and move on mm -hmm. but looking back if i had developed the interest and studied french very well i am dead sure that it would have actually placed me in a very 
enviable position because then I'll be very fluent in two international languages, i.e. French and then um, English. Well, if not fluent, at least I can communicate. Yeah. And so for me, that's, that has been the, the biggest regret. Unfortunately, I don't know how to correct it, but I am sure... It's, you still have time. It's uh, never too late to learn. <laughs> guys, are you listening? That's, that's you learn true. French. You should learn French. It's very important, guys. That's, <laughs> that, that's I agree. That's that's true. I think listening to my own advice, what I'll start with would be the the interest. So whipping up the interest because I need mm. to get the interest in order to be able to pursue French. Mm. And mm. so yeah, it's something that I would, I would, I would do. Um, I think one of the very noble things to do is to admit that you have a flaw and then work towards it. Yes. And I like that. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's something that that I would do. Something that I would. Do. Before we let Vish uh, off the hook, what do you do for fun, Vish? Because we know that all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. So what do you make do Jack for a fun? dull boy? Yes. That's an interesting one. Mm -hmm. So I, I try and hang out with my, my friends when I have the opportunity to or when they are available. Um, I watch movies. I go to the cinema. I go to the beach. Um, I, I think I would love traveling as well. But I mean, my finances have other pressing things to attend to. So I have not really explored that that yet. But mm. yeah, basically these are the things that I do. Mm. Um yeah, and to meet new people. Yeah. One of my favorite questions I often ask a lot of people. So power, fame and wealth. Choose one. What do you choose? Which power, you choose? pain and wealth. Power, fame, fame, and wealth. Power, fame, and wealth. Power, fame, yeah. and wealth. I choose wealth, and I, I guess the, the following, uh, the subsequent question would be why. Yes. <laughs> so why? Because I believe when you are wealthy, it comes to it comes with power and then fame. Mm. Okay. 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 Yeah. So who's the richest man in the world? Is it still Elon, Elon Musk? Musk? Yeah. Great. Is he famous? Yes, he is. Is he powerful? Yes. Very, very powerful. So yeah. I, 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 I got my answer right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Vish. So before we let you go today, um, what's one word that you would use to describe your journey? Um, from when you entered the work work working world to where you are today, what's one word that you can use to describe your journey so far, and your journey to come, of course. So so far will be challenging. To come will be interesting. So two different words, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I say this because of the the amount of effort I've had to put in to be where I am today. And hopefully the future is going to be interesting because 
at least now I've gathered some some experience and learned from the mistakes that I made in the past. Hmm. So you've so, set yeah. the foundation and the future is interesting exactly. in terms of what can still come. That's brilliant. I like that. Exactly. That's amazing, Vishnu. And I wish you all the best. I'm sure you're going to achieve much more great things, more qualifications. We're going to see a, a long list of qualifications that you've achieved. Um, and yeah, we just want you to keep doing, reaching for the stars. Um, okay. yeah. so thank you both. Um, I wish you well as well. It's uh, been a privilege being the first to appear on Selfie. Salavi, say it. That's life. <laughs> That's life. That's life. Yeah. That's life. Yeah, it's been a privilege to have you. And yeah, we'll we I think there's still lots more that you can with that we can learn from you. Especially like we said, compliance is so broad. Um to bring you back to to share some more insights about it as you as you develop. Right. I, I'll be looking forward to the next invite. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leila. Thank you.